This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, Initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The mystery punchers found Benny's severed hand, only to make peace with a newspaper editor and discover the Corbett House, a local site of horror that Benny had been investigating. 
with access to the paper's archive, Red, Adrian, and Richter began a journey towards dark truths. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. Red, your eyes have gone wide, and you find your body is shaking slightly. Um, involuntarily, uh, all sound seems to have leached out of the room and colors are a little bit less vivid. Everything is focused on, um, the sort of square jaw and, um, sharp focus of, of Diesel, uh, your friend that you've known for so long. Um, and he's looking around, um, just kind of like pleasantly with his fist out, having, having, uh, you know, brought you all together, um, Richter seems to be muttering something to uh, Benny's hand that he's holding. Um, But all of that bleeds away because what's shocked you to your very core is for the first time in 15 years, you've heard the voice of your old friend, little Addie. And it's come out of the man you know as Diesel. For all the time you spent with him, he's never spoken in the voice that you remember from childhood. And yet something about being here, being back in Helmfirth, being back with these people, seems to have awoken something in him. And it's caused a a greater reaction in you than I think you would have anticipated, not just because he said it, but because suddenly with that voice brought back a flood of all the memories that you try and run from, all the memories that you don't actively want to sit in about your childhood and the adventures you went on and being the mystery punchers, all these, these flights of childhood fancy that you buried, um first with Benny returning and now with this and with old man Richter along for the ride, it would seem the past is much closer than it's ever been. But also perhaps most alarmingly of all, there might be more of the Addy you remember inside Adrian Diesel than you remember or that you thought. But as with all things that shake you to your core after a moment, you shrug it off. Uh, The world comes back into focus. Uh, The smell of nicotine in the air comes back. Uh, You can hear Richter talking to the hand he used to fist bump all of you just now. Um, And uh, suddenly kind of time seems to speed back up to regular pace. And you you find uh, Adrian just kind of staring at you a little confused, a little concerned. Um, What do you do? I unscrew my flask and take a very long drink. And then I just walk out of the room. Uh, time to go, Grandpa. <laughs> um, Richter, what do you what do you think you've been saying to this hand? Because uh, you you are thinking of this as Benny, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's almost like praise and congratulating Benny on like a real find. Like he is on to something here, uh, and just kind of like really proud of him for sticking to it for 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 obviously having come up on something big Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and uh just like really proud of him and looking forward to uh seeing the rest of him (laughs) so (laughs) that's very funny um just a this is kind of a a random philosophical question that you may not have an answer to yet and that's totally fine um but something i'd be curious to think about a little bit is how richter thinks about uh the soul's probably the wrong word but in terms of like does he feel and I think I know the answer to this, but does he feel that like the essence of Benny is in his hand or does he feel like the essence of Benny is in Benny wherever Benny is? This is just part of him. So it's a nice way to kind of talk to him in almost a a talisman way. 
I don't know if Benny's essence or consciousness is in the hand. I yeah. don't I don't think Richter thinks of it that way. I do think Richter through his life experiences has now a very sort of cavalier attitude towards mortality. Mm-hmm. Um I think uh Richter um has it in his head that um humans and humanity are not the apex mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of of the planet of the universe. Um so maybe thinking of this more as like a uh, it, like a shirt that a loved one has left behind. It's like a memento. Smells yeah. smells like them enough. The that hand you're is like, like a memento. It's a connection to Benny. Yeah, <laughs> Claire's doing some amazing hand sniffing acting. But, uh, if you know, if you donate a thousand dollars on Patreon, you can see Claire Blackwood sniff Benny's dead hand. No, I'm kidding. You that, that's could not be a tear. So lucky. Oh no, no, no! For that budget, I can make a really convincing dead hand that I guarantee you, Claire will sniff and will oh split the God. cash. I'll you guys need a severed a hand. Hat. Listen, for for a thousand bucks, I can get you a severed hand. <laughs> I can get you a severed hand tonight, Tyler. <laughs> You need both those hands to play your switch. <laughs> Think of the switch. Um, look, all I'm saying is go get car Twitter, go get continuity Twitter, <laughs> go get hand sniffing Twitter, kick your money in together. I, I, I want to keep hand sniffing Twitter out of this. Is that possible? Like, For an extra thousand dollars, you can keep hand sniffing. <laughs> My friends, this is the uh, uh, the NPR pledge drive uh, yeah. for Dumbbells and Dragons. Anyway, um, for no. two thousand, I can make a severed hand disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I didn't have dinner. I was gonna say for three thousand, you won't even have to see it. It will just have existed and, and been gone. You get this one of a kind tote bag <laughs> full of severed hands. Uh, in any case, um, yeah, okay, that's good to know. So yeah, so so it's, it's a memento. It's it's a reminder um, of him. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice because it is like kind of like an intimate one as well. Um, where so you've got you're wearing a long coat. I imagine you've got a lot of. You're, I assume this is a pocket filled. Yeah, coat of wonders, and and the hand is going in a pocket. Hondo P. All right, yeah. great. So <laughs> in it goes, um, and the stump isn't bleeding obviously, so it's not like you're just gonna have like blood soaking through your pocket. Yeah, at least this time. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say I was reaching in to pick him up because every time he's talked to things, I've had to like carry him somewhere else. But he puts the hand in his pocket at the last second, and I like pause awkwardly, and then I just like give him a hug, and I'm like, yeah. Good grandpa. Uh, how does Richter feel about being hugged? Uh, doesn't doesn't know. Doesn't know what's going on here. Just kind of like, <laughs> what is it in Arrested Development? I was like, what are you doing? Why are you squeezing me with your body? <laughs> like that kind of thing. Or just like, yeah, Fleabag uh, has that same gag. Just like, this is uncomfortable. I, like, yeah. I think given the uh, revelations and discoveries made, he is patient enough to kind of let this awkward social transaction pass That's right. and and is like okay yes very good yes little pat on the back there and is like uh this is good let's let's go now <laughs> yeah it's a little bit like how you just indulge benny telling stories about yeah. like a girl he's interested in you're like this is a fucking Get waste of my time ghosts benny <laughs> and in my head i realize when i hug him he goes when we're supposed to i'm gonna remember that <laughs> i like there's there's just like a secret rule uh like like tablet of <laughs> like diesel rules Just causes yeah. like and the, effects the diesel house that he rules. tracks yeah uh yeah when we eventually release uh on like dm's guild or something we'll just release like the character booklet for if you want to play diesel in your campaign it's like yeah here's a list of yeah. rules if yeah. x happens then why everything is five dollars <laughs> 
he's, he's perfectly designed for any DM to run in any <laughs> campaign they want. Yeah. You can he's, have your very own diesel. Yeah. Uh, all you need is a flip book. Yeah, and you've got to be about family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Birthday cake, a tuxedo, <laughs> and sprinkles. sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon as part of our pledge drive. $5,000, get a severed hand and that. Um, all right, cool. I'm going to bring... Claire will come to your house and sniff your hand. <laughs> uh, Claire, we're going to have to bump that up by the $700 worth of security we'll have to hire to go yeah. with you to the house. I don't know what you're talking about. Totally normal people would pay money to do that. <laughs> yeah, Tom, she wants to meet cool people who have money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, things. I don't mean to stand in your way here You know, I'm not a union I'm, I'm oh. going to bring uh, Benny's box of uh, work and effects That we were kind of going through I'm assuming in there is his most recent articles And research notes on whatever yeah, he's working on And I'd say Red probably grabbed the, the most relevant pieces From his apartment as well right. So mm-hmm. with the combination of the two You kind of have a good sense of that um, Here's a question for Diesel uh, Ryan, do you think Diesel would bring the severed hand box with him as well? I don't know that he would because it seems like it's... Does it have a logo on it? No, no. It's literally just like... No. Yeah, right. That's dirty. Also, again, having just played a bunch of like Resident Evil 2, I'm like, this seems like one of those items where you're like, this has served its purpose. Done. <laughs> He's not like a forensics expert. <laughs> he was like, there's enough red uh, juice it came yeah, off of a not uh, sleeping person. Enhance. Yeah. Oh, I solved it. Uh, Wicked. <laughs> it was birthday. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you leave the box. Uh, Wicked. Uh, so all of you make your way uh, following Cheryl, who now is just super confused. You were super nice to her when no one has been. You seem to know Benny, which which is nice. Um, but also you threatened her boss, so she's kind of having a day. Uh, Cheryl, did the police say when they were going to arrive? Um, they... They, they, they're standing outside, but but he, he, he gave me the tell the police to wait outside wave. Um, we get more police here uh, than you'd think. Mm. Would, would you like to talk to them about your... Absolutely not. They're sure. only going to muddy things up and interfere. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I thought, too. So they're outside. I'll take you down to the archives, and then there's, there's a back door you can go up. You're very kind. Thank you. Cheryl, there's something you should know, but, like, just because he's your boss doesn't make him a good person. Like, we're mean to him because he was an asshole, but you (laughs) seem very nice, so maybe you should run the paper. (laughs) (laughs) She she, she looks at you, um, and... Again, like she's been crying all day, but like truly touched. Um, and she's like, well, that's actually, that, that's why I started here. I, uh, I've always dreamed of, of kind of uh, running one of these places. Um, but, uh, you know, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm a woman in 1932. How am I going to run a newspaper shop? Oh, honey, you can make it work. See, all we have to do is take your boss to the woods, and then we make him go to sleep in a hole. Okay, listen, um, I really Then other people won't want to run the paper. Honey, Yeah? I'm going to have to ask you to stop talking now. Yeah, this really sounds like he's saying we should murder someone in the woods. That that is not, in fact, what he's saying. No, no, go to sleep. Yeah, that's that's code for murder. Look... I read every story that comes through here. I help with the research. This is... Are you guys in the mob? No. We are. We just let that no okay. hang there. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's, there's things that says. get lost in the audio medium. Uh, Claire just said that with the most cat who ate the canary <laughs> face of like, no. And her face was like, I am the mob. <laughs> so, Claire, I'm going to need you to try and lie. Um, 
What Red always says is that we are entrepreneurs <laughs> interested in aggressive expansion. Yes, okay, that is that is literally like that that is that is just mob code. You're you're just the, the, you got a giant guy in a tuxedo. You're strapped with guns. Um, Claire, can you roll me a fast talk, please? Because at this point, I feel like it's not so much charm as it is like talk your way out of this nightmare. Yeah, it really seems like uh, she doesn't I, I, yeah, want I'd the paper. A, I'd give you a persuade as well if you feel like it. Uh, no, never mind. It's fast talk. No. What, what am I talking about? You're not like regular well, regular success. Um. Okay, I think she gives you the kind of like, mm-hmm, um, of the, the seasoned reporter who has dealt with kind of unsavory types uh, a lot and understands when to just shut the fuck up and and help. Um, so uh, she kind of nods, um, and as she, she guides you down um, into the, the archive, uh, she kind of like drops... Uh, you're leading the way, I assume, Red, because you're you're trying to run from your past uh, by walking quickly down a flight of <laughs> stairs. You know, happens to the best of us. Um, she catches up. And she's like, uh, "Listen, um, I know you're you're just interested in." Uh, uh, she looks back at you, Diesel. She says, "Sir, what what term did you use? Your legitimate business term?" Entrepreneur. Yeah, um, you seem like a very good entrepreneur. Um, and look, I, like Artie. Artie's from a different age, and the, the world's changing. It's changed so much uh, since the war, and he hasn't changed with it. I There's stories that need to be told that aren't being told, and I'd love to tell them, but I don't know how I would do that in this town. But it seems like you might. So if things calm down um, at all, what, what if you can find out what happened to Benjamin and, and maybe, um, you know, uh, if, if uh, anyone needs to be put to sleep who had anything to do with it, uh, once you're done that, um, if you could help me, I, I think, I think we could really do some good here. So, um, anyway, she like quickly like sc- scrawls down her address. She's like, um, come, come call on me sometime or, or, or send me a letter, please. But really, I, I think I could learn a lot from you. I think you could too. Print media will never die. Um, <laughs> then she leads you into an archive. Um, so the, it's a dusty basement, um, Again, this is a smallish newspaper. Um, you get the sense that, like, Cheryl, Artie, and there's maybe, like, six or seven other regular staff, and then a bunch of freelancers like Benjamin who kind of come and go. Um, and when I say freelancer, I don't mean that really in kind of our modern millennial gig economy way, but more so in a... Like, they're there most of the time. They just aren't on payroll. And um, benefits. I mean, it's 1932. Benefits is like, all right, well, we'll give you yeah, some laudanum before we punch out a tooth with this hammer. Yeah. Um <laughs> The uh, so yeah he uh, you're taken into this dusty basement. Uh, there are filing cabinets. You can see they're stacked high with old newspapers and a sort of junk. Um, the whole place just kind of has a musty smell that almost gets into your bones. Like it really is just a, a, a completely kind of forgotten corner of the building. Um, you get the sense that it's 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 kind of a one way street down here. Things go into the archive. They probably don't come out very often. Um, and uh, Cheryl um, kind of guides you through. Um, hmm, I'm gonna say that um, because Artie's given you full access, you don't need to roll anything down here. Um, she kind of helps you as you talk about what you're interested in. Um, she leads you over to some boxes by the boiler that you can tell is kind of throwing off a lot of the moisture, just kind of working overtime and really kind of adding that musty musty smell. Um, and, uh, she says, so listen, um, I know, 
I know Benjamin was really uh, curious about about that weird house, the, the Corbett house. Um, so here, here's a here's here's the copy of the story that we we didn't run from from a while ago. That uh, someone else tried to write one too, and it didn't. Uh, we, we didn't publish it. Um, so you receive a story uh, that wasn't published uh, two years ago, back in 1930. Uh, it was a feature story. Um, and it also seems to have just been marked, like you can see in kind of what you assume to be Artie's uh, writing, just like bullshit and circled three times and underlined. Um, so it reads, uh, it's a, uh, sorry, I won't read it out loud, I'll just give it to you. Um, it's a feature story that was never published and it states that back in 1901, a family of French immigrants moved into the house but fled after a series of violent accidents that left the parents dead and three children crippled. The house stood long vacant until 1912 when another family moved in and immediately fell prey to illnesses. Then, in 1926, the eldest brother went mad and killed himself with a kitchen knife and the heartbroken family moved out. It wasn't until 1930, two years ago when this article was meant to be published, that a third family, uh, the Mark, the Macrios, yeah, uh, the Macrios rented out the house, uh, but they almost immediately left under mysterious circumstances. Hey, friends, it's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dum-dums and dice. Yes, I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably, probably not me, but like Tom, he does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on. But the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dice. That's right, that address that I totally just said. Go there, join Dum Dums and Dice, support the show. It's going to be great. From what you've gathered from Benny's materials, this story probably sparked his interest. Um, you can tell that this box has been recently disturbed. Um, and if uh, if he's investigating leads into it, this would probably... this is. And I mean, particularly, I think, for you, Richter, this is the kind of story... Like when we're t- When we talk about you looking for the signals and like looking for the codes, this is the exact fucking thing you're after. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think, uh, I think having lived in the town, uh, unlike these two who kind of uh, have just come back mm-hmm. after a long, long time away, um, would I remember the uh, Macrios family? Two years ago? I don't think you would have met them. No. Okay. Um, because so I don't know if they're still in town or if they've left entirely or anything like that. Um, no, you don't have any information about that here. That said, that is the kind of thing you can investigate further to f- try and find out. You just probably couldn't find that out here. Just off the top of my head or anything like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, again, the the, the kind of the curse of, of Richter's particular kind of town knowledge is because he runs a curiosity shop. You've actually got, like, a pretty good sense of the weirdos in town. Mm. And you see a lot of the tourists who come through town, but in terms of the actual residents, I think maybe you have like I've met Artie Wilmot like four times, and I just introduced myself to him again, kind of thing. Uh, I mean, that's entirely possible, um, but I feel like you probably have three or four. Like uh, the the gambling term would be whales, people who just keep your store afloat because they're just constantly mm. buying shit. Right. Okay. Um, and we can figure out together kind of who those people are as we go. Um, but I think there's just a few people who like really desperately rely on your store for their shit. Okay. Um, but in general, it's, it's the problem with running a niche store. Like you're not running the coffee shop or like the local diner, you're running a curiosity shop. So, 
and you pretty much keep to yourself. So okay, yeah, cool. So to catch you up on your investigation to date, you have information now about uh, some of the history of the Corbett House. You have more recent history of the Corbett House, including a lead involving the Macrios family uh, that moved in. Um, you have Benny's records from his most recent investigation. You have the page of the Bible with the eyes drawn on it. You have the severed hand. Um, in terms of where all of you are in your personal investigations, um, Red and Diesel, you still don't really know where you're going to settle. Um, that said, uh, Red, I think just to, to jump us along a little bit here, it occurs to you that um, your family didn't leave you anything. There, there was nothing to be had. But you remember that Diesel actually, the Diesel family is, is a longstanding, like they aren't condiment heirs, but they are, um, they, they were pretty well established. And you actually have no idea what happened to Diesel's childhood home. Um, Richter, you set out today to investigate the Corbett house, but also to try and find more information about Kenneth Knott and whether or not he's trying to sell the Corbett house. So those are kind of your open investigations right now. Also the fact that our friend's hand has been found. Uh, Absolutely. But I guess I'm I'm trying to give you the pieces that, um, you might have, uh, potential next steps on. So yes, uh, there's the kind of standing case of what happened to Benjamin. So you have the hand. You have the Bible page. Unfortunately, beyond that, that's almost a dead lead because you don't currently have any information beyond that. I mean, what if we go to the spooky house? Mm Mm-hmm. That has been on my mind. My only concern is that if we go there and we are not well prepared, um, we may meet, and I pull out out Benny's hand, we may meet a similar fate to Benny. And how would you suggest preparing ourselves? Well, I would like to speak to the Macrios family if they are still in town. They only moved in and out two years ago. Well, see, here's like a difference in approach. Because you're like a old man, and if you fall down, you could die. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But when I fall down, other people have bad things happen to them. So, like, you That's could go puts in. Me at risk. <laughs> oh, no, you like, you wait in the car, we go in and start a new business as entrepreneurs everybody needs a place to stay anybody want a house as ingenious as that idea may be thank you you're welcome i don't suggest that we spend the night in a potentially haunted house right as of yet now wait wait are ghosts real oh honey but like are they I feel like Richter's got, like, the definitive answer on this. He's just, like, matter of fact, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red, do you think ghosts are real? I will say, generally speaking, um, two things to keep in mind about your history of mystery punching. Mm -hmm. One is that generally it was always an old (laughs) man in a mask. (laughs) Um, That said, um, there's kind of that beautiful thing about, like, kids going on adventures where there's always something vaguely mystical about it. Yeah. So I guess my question to you, <laughs> this is like a giant character question. I'm sorry to just drop it on you randomly. Um, my question to you, I guess, is does Red thinking back on it, take it completely at face value of just like these were a bunch of con artists or did you always think maybe there was something else going on? And to paint the picture in the scene, 
I didn't ask Grandpa Richard. Yeah. I don't trust him. I asked you. Grandpa Richard gave an answer. Now I'm very scared and wide. And I'm looking for confirmation one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. Also, my answer is like, is it going to rain today? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I go on to the next piece of business. <laughs> like, yeah, they are real. And I think, Claire, what I would like ideally is if the answers are different, I'd like to know what you think. And then you can you can respond how you want. Yeah. But if it's the same, just give us that response. I think it's a thing that she hasn't had to think about for 15 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, town's in the past. That's it. You don't have to think about ghosts when you are in a secret lair underneath the police station in Boston. <laughs> As you do. As you do. <laughs> um, Master Splinter's living there. Living a normal life. Yeah. <laughs> Say yeah. that quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I mean, I think she wants it to not be real because I think what she... What she can handle is severed hands, the mob, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. corrupt mayors going in, shooting a few people in the legs and getting her friend back. Right. Um, I don't think she wants to contemplate yeah. the idea of actually ghosts being real because I think that makes whatever happened at the church uh, and those kind of lingering, nagging feelings in the back of your brain that it just wasn't just a fire, uh, that makes it... Far more real than she wants to deal with right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think, mm, I think she would just look at Diesel, um, and just say, "I think our friend, Old Man Richter's, had a lot more time to think about this than we have." So I would like to do a little bit more digging before we go hunting some ghosts. So, so ghosts are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they are, honey, as usual, I'll protect you. Oh, no. Ghosts are real. I don't want to do this job. Can we go to Boston? We're not allowed back in Boston. You know that. Yeah, but I thought ghosts were fake. We're going to do this. Whatever this is, we're going to do it for Benny. What if Benny's a ghost? Benny's not a ghost. Richter, um, your shoulder begins to get a little bit cold, um, and then it begins to get a a little bit wet. Uh, And as you kind of look to your shoulder in the same place that you remember uh, a hand on it in your dream, uh, a bloody handprint begins to form, soaking through the shoulder of your jacket. Benny? You feel a light squeeze, and then nothing. I'm going to look over to him when you... Say Benny. Does it stay there? The uh, the handprint. The handprint is there, but uh, the the feeling you had on your shoulder is gone. Hmm. Um, I want to take kind of stock of where I'm standing and and my my immediate environment. If Benny was trying to guide me or anything like that. Okay. Um, can you roll me, please? A hmm. Get into weird Cthulhu shit now. Um. Hmm. So you're just, uh, you're literally just taking stock of like the world around you, right? Yeah. I felt, I felt the hand. Why would I feel the hand here? Why would I feel it now? Roll me an occult check, I think. Sixty-three, which is just a regular success. Okay. So... I'm going to say that I think from the way you would interpret that... You don't, there doesn't, because the, the thing is, you're currently arguing about whether or not ghosts are real. You're not investigating any major point. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So 
what you seem to have felt is a confirmation that you are correct. And again, it's it's notable that it's to you. It's not to either yeah. of them. I was going to like, well, Benny, I didn't need that. <laughs> um, and the thing that I think throws you off as Red is kind of staring in shock at this is that there is no response to that. So I think for the first second, you kind of falter because the blood on your shoulder is undeniable, but there's no further mm. contact. And the hand in your pocket isn't moving. Like it's just, it's one of those weird things where it's, now you just have kind of blood soaking into your shoulder and it's it's an odd thing. Perhaps visiting the corporate house sooner than later would be a good idea. I have a hand instinctually on my gun. Um, it flew to it the second that I saw this bloody handprint. Just tell me you didn't do that. Oh, that's this? No, no, this wasn't me. Um, I felt a hand. I felt a presence on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's hiding? You come out, you're hurt. You got juice coming out. There's just kind of like an eerie moment of just hearing the thump of the water heater and um, kind of like the staccato breathing of Cheryl, who is really not fucking prepared for this in any way, shape, or form. Cheryl, honey, you mm-hmm. can go back upstairs. Oh, thank God. And uh, she, she <laughs> runs back upstairs. I would prefer... You don't say anything about this. Oh, yeah, no, I won't be telling anyone about this. Also, call me. And then she runs upstairs. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, uh, the options you kind of have before you, you can go to the Corbett house. Um, you can seek out um, Kenneth Knott to see if he knows anything about the house or whether he's representing it. You still have his card, uh, Richter, on you yeah. from this morning. We don't know about him. No. Um, so that's kind of a Richter option that you can bring up or not. Um, there's also the town. There's a lot of things you can investigate. Um, so particularly because we're an audio medium, I'm not going to like sketch out the town. Um, I can list, I think what I'll probably, the way I'll probably play this is if you roll me, um, currently for diesel or red, it would be a history check. Tyler, I think for Richter, it would be... It's tough. This doesn't really fall into any major things here. Um, I would take an intelligence check, I guess, from you, because the thing is, you do know the town. Well, that wasn't a real uh, Whereas both of you, um, Claire and Ryan, are remembering a town kind of from out of out of time. Okay, so I'll, I'll roll an intelligence check. Yeah, I think an intelligence check would be good. Um, and then if, if either of you are interested in anything other than Corbett, um, we'll say history. Unless you actually want to go hit the bricks, in which case we can talk about other things. But this is just the three of you standing in the basement. I mean, realistically, I think what her brain goes is I'm going to go interrogate everybody running for mayor Mm -hmm. to find out what happened to my friend. Um, But. I mean, the ghost thing kind of blows Adrian's mind, but he's he's never had to come up with a plan in the entire time he's been with Red. Like Red and maybe Richter could talk about plans and he'd just be like, yeah, but he'll. He's team, well, he's team red. But I think, I think you bring up die. a good point there, Ryan, which is that I think maybe the way just also so that like your character can contribute to planning, um, the way I think of this is less, here's my plan, we should go do this, and more so the thing that is, mo- and like I can just throw this to you, but also just can keep this in mind, the thing that is most interesting to me right now is blank. So as Claire said, like the thing that's most interesting to Red right now is the people running for mayor. So if the thing that's most interesting to Adrian right now 
are ghosts and the idea of ghosts. Yeah, that's it's totally ghosts. valid. Yeah, it's yeah. ghosts. And uh, Richter, you're rolling over there to see what you what you know of around the town. Is that correct? Uh, yes, but I also think I have an idea of how to kind of pull the Kenneth Knot thread sure, yeah, go for into, into everything else. Um, so I think as we're kind of thinking about what to do next, I put my hand into my pocket and I feel Benny's hand and in Benny's hand is the card for Kenneth Knott. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and I pull it out and I remember him, um, and I'll say to the group, um, uh, sorry, Tyler, just before you do that, yeah. um, you reach into your pocket, you feel the, the card in Benny's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bit of resistance as you pull it. Uh, and the second you do the bloody handprint begins to fade. It's almost like it's sucking back up into, into space. Okay, I'm kind of pleased with myself then. I mean, like, oh, Benny, you, you clever boy. And uh, I'll, I'll bring out the card. Um, and I don't know where it's going yet. Like, I, I, I'm feeling, like, positive feelings mm-hmm. about, like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something that's, yeah, yeah. that's having influence here. But um, bring out the card, and I'll say, I was visited by a man this morning, a uh, Kenneth Knott, a uh, real estate agent. He was asking about selling my house, and I was thinking perhaps he knows about the families that have moved in and out of the corporate house. Perhaps he has done uh, tours and shows of things like that. Um, I would be very interested to speak to him. Why did he want you to sell your house? I uh, I don't know. Money, probably. <sighs> uh, it's a very large old house. Money is a good motivator, but I feel like just approaching someone and asking to sell their house has deeper meaning. Perhaps we should go talk to this man. Well, he was disgustingly cheerful. <laughs> I hate people like that. Did he seem like the kind of guy who put his name on a ballot? Um. They said people who have money and put a name on a ballot didn't like Benny. That might be a, a, a question to ask him. Then I got a question. Always uh, remember to let me do the talking, though, right? I, don't worry. I know the rules. Good. She kind of, like, pats you on the shoulder. Red do the talking. I don't know other stuff. <laughs> you do the punching. Ah, uh, yes. And, Richter, what do you do? Uh, und I will, uh... Drink milk to maintain bone density. Sure. <laughs> And with that, the mystery punchers go off to seek a real estate agent most foul. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos.
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Edgar said to the interviewer, he was convinced that the thing out there wasn't a vault. Yeah, I know what he thought. Dr. Edgar's didn't think it was designed to keep things out. I know what he, he thought. thought. it was designed to keep something in. Do you even understand the difficulty trying to keep a base like Fathom at the bottom of the ocean from killing everyone in it on a daily basis? Oh my god. Everyone hold on to something. I think whatever is on the other side of that door out there, it's not friendly. I think it's trying to get out. That, my friend, is a dire combination. That's a bad sign. Get out of the door! It's spreading like some kind of technological contagion. We can either stop it here or watch the world burn. Fathom, the first season of Derelict. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Or learn more at derelictpodcast.com.